0: Why wouldn't you want to be happy about that? Oh, I know we face our elements, we face our circumstances and situations. But, you know, do not allow your circumstances to get into your heart so much that it comes across your face. You know, let God be God. Hey, well, welcome this morning, as I said, it's great to have you here. I want to turn our attention to a passage in Scripture, Matthew chapter 6, 9 to 13. It's As I already mentioned it this morning... Uh, it's the prayer that the disciples asked Jesus, would you teach us to pray? And Jesus gave them this manner of prayer. It isn't the only prayer. In actual fact, you could pray a prayer out of every line of this particular passage that Jesus uh, taught the disciples. Now, there's nothing wrong with praying this particular prayer. Uh, it's a great prayer to pray. But, you know, uh, every line, every verse, there's five verses, have something deliberate to say about how you can communicate and talk with God. Now. Um, so we're going to just read it, it says, because I want to just pick out one particular verse uh, from this passage and we'll kind of dive off from there. But it just says in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts or forgive us our sins, um, some of your versions will say, as we forgive those who've sinned against us. And do not lead us into, uh, what does it say? Do not lead us into temptation, uh, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Um, Mother Teresa, if you know Mother Teresa, she passed away some time ago. In actual fact, I think she passed away the same year that Princess Di passed away, um, many quite a, a fair few years ago. But Mother Teresa was an incredible um, uh, lady who nursed the poor and impoverished in Calcutta in India, and I'm sure most of us would be aware of her incredible effort to love the poor and to save people's lives. Um, and she was asked, uh, Mother Teresa was asked when she was alive. Obviously, she was still here. She was asked, "What is the thing that really threatens this world? What's the greatest thing that threatens this world and its future?" And you know, you could you could be you could. When I thought about that, I thought you could say a number of things in relation to Mother Teresa. Maybe things like um, leprosy, um, particularly where she worked. But you know, I suppose in many ways leprosy has certainly been toned down and and, uh, and and dealt with. You could say HIV virus, well that's still rampant throughout the world. And you know, maybe Mother Teresa should have said, well, war, war, that's the thing that threatens this world. But you know what? As she thought about it, she didn't say any of those things. And this is what she said. The greatest thing that threatens this world today is the failure to take responsibility. Think about that for a moment. The failure to take responsibility. I suppose she's talking a little bit about apathy. I suppose she's talking about a number of things. But I thought about it, the failure to say no to those things that seek to destroy our life, and not give life. And if there's one thing about Mother Teresa, she continued to campaign and to minister and to love people and to give life to people, even though they died. She would present Christ to people, and you know who knows? You can die and have life when you die. And uh, and so you know, it's the the failure to take responsibility. And as Jesus gives us this prayer, let me connect it all here this morning. He gives us this model prayer. And part of this prayer is is that uh, an intricate part of this prayer, of course, is verse uh, 13. It says, Do not lead us into, what did he say? Temptation. Don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, Lord. That's part of the prayer. And... um, um, you know, as we look at that part of it, it's talking about temptation. You know, it's a reality. We face temptation. We're, that's a part of probably most days of our lives in some very small ways, in some large ways. Temptation comes knocking at our door. Maybe um, there's big things we're tempted with, maybe small things, and they're not really they're pretty insignificant. But temptation, of course. Temptation is saying no to that attitude when you know you shouldn't have that attitude. Temptation is to take that uh, to uh, take that action and not take that action that's destructive. It's to stop the second piece of cheesecake entering your mouth, isn't it? Uh, temptation is the to turn off the TV sometimes and say, I don't need to watch that. Temptation is to, of course, shut down the computer sometimes, so I don't need to look at that. Uh, sometimes, it, well, the it, temptations will tempt you and all these things. It says stop looking, stop touching, stop involving myself in destructive ways that become habits. In other words, it's saying take... Responsibility for your life. Take responsibility. Don't indulge. It won't help you. It could destroy you in actual fact. So, um, you know, I find that no one will stop you from doing the wrong thing generally. There's only one person who can stop you from doing the wrong thing generally. It's yourself. Isn't that true? It's yourself. Uh, Take the responsibility. Facing up to the reality, this is a temptation. I don't need to go there. And you know, as I look at this passage, um, people have asked me this question. It says that, isn't Jesus saying that God will lead us into temptation? God, don't lead us into temptation. You know, God's never going to lead you into temptation. Never going to lead you into temptation. And we misinterpret what's really being saying here if, if we think that's what it's saying. Uh, because the reality is, is God, it, it, this prayer is not asking God to stop taking us down the wrong path. God doesn't want to take you down the wrong path. He wants to take you up the right path. Okay? And, and what it's really saying is that we come to God and we're saying, Father, uh, 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 my prayer is, is that I, as I face temptation... I surrender my life to you. Um, I, I surrender. I don't want to be led into temptation. I surrender my life to you. Then the actual fact, God, when I face it, that you'll come alongside me because you and I together are more powerful than me by myself. I need your strength. That's why James, in the book, a little book in the New Testament, says, Submit to God. Resist the devil, James 4, seven. Resist the devil and the devil flees. It's interesting, but we need God. We, as we submit to him, it's amazing how many times that temptation just takes an exit real quick. Takes an exit real quick. And so we see this prayer is not God leading us into temptation, but it's having a healthy understanding of our own inability on occasions to resist temptation. And that we need a heavenly father and his strength in our lives. To be able to face what we face, that we need his Holy Spirit coming into our hearts and living in us and strengthening us. And so we need to enlist his help. And it's an acknowledgement on my part that with God and me, we are I'm a better person. And I don't have to give in to temptation. The message Bible actually says, verse 13, in a very interesting way: keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. Pretty plain. Keep us... That's what it interprets. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. Because I know that sometimes I put a lot on the devil when it really isn't his problem. He doesn't have to have a problem with me because I do it to myself. It's not that the devil's not behind things, but the reality is we've got to deal... It's our own heart. Oh, the wickedness of my own heart sometimes. Just slap yourself and say, stop it. Um, When I worked at the power station... Um, quite a while ago, uh, there was times when they would my supervisor would ask us a group of us to go up onto the roof of the power station and maybe do some testing or to do some mechanical uh, work in some way um, and uh, The interesting thing about the roof of the power station is it has it, it, it has no fence around the edge of the roof it 's just you can just uh, it 's a hundred meter drop just over the edge it 's quite high uh, so we 'd go up there and I had a couple of uh, young uh, tradesmen at one stage and everything they seemed to do was to uh, have a go at each other and to challenge each other to do ludicrous things to see who was uh, who was the man amongst them and one day they challenged each other Uh, we were up on the roof and they said uh, I tell you what um, how about you go out there if you're man enough to go out there stand on the edge of the power station roof put your toes over the edge stay there for a few seconds turn around and come back and these two guys did it. Thankfully, they did it successfully because it wouldn't have taken much for one slip and them to be just a uh, tragedy to uh, unfold that day. And I thought, you know, as I looked at these two guys and I thought about it, I don't think that's so much brave as foolish. <laughs> and, you know, my, my whole heart when I was up there on the roof was this. Um, see how far I can keep away from the edge? Not how far I can get to it. You know what God is saying in verse 13? How far can you stay away from the edge? How far can you stay away? Because we don't need to tempt ourselves. It's not a matter of how close you can get to see what it's like, sin is like. It's a matter of how far you can stay away. And so, um, you know, this verse is what God's saying. You know, we're saying, God help us to stay as far away from temptation as possible. Temptation isn't I find temptation an opportunity to take responsibility for my life and say just a little word, two letters, no, I'm not gonna do that. No. It's what Mother Teresa was saying: the biggest threat in this world is not sickness, it's not war but it's a chronic failure of people to take responsibility for their actions and just say no I'm not going to do it how better would the world be if the people that have done even things to you had said no I'm not going to do that you wouldn't you as we talked last week you know you can be victimized by this world uh, things can happen that shouldn't have happened. That doesn't make you a victim, but you can have this world victimize you. And we've got to be careful now that we take a step to say to realize that if people didn't do those things to each other, uh, if they'd stop, we'd be in a much better place if we didn't let the temptation overtake us. So I can ask the question today, how do I resist temptation? But I find uh, temptation actually happens on a pretty regular basis. Every day, sometimes in little ways, as I said. So I think a much better question this morning is: How do I live life victorious? How do I live life as a conqueror, not a conquered? How do I live life as a uh, you know victorious and not as a victim? How do I find life as uh, the series of events as stepping stones and not tombstones? How do I uh, you walk through the tests and not and not make them and make them a testimony? You know, how do I live life victorious uh, in this life? And, and, you know, I want to say... Uh, as much as we focus on all the good, the reality is we all face the, the daily, sometimes the little things and the little struggles that just would love to destroy your life. And it might destroy you today, but you know you keep doing something long enough that isn't good and healthy for you. And you know, five months, five years, uh, fifty years down the track, uh, it catches up with you. Some of us may say today, "Well, you've got to die of something." Um, I'd rather die healthy, generally. I'd rather die not in pain. I'd rather die, uh, you, know, uh, you know, if something may take me out, I may be preaching one day and bang, I'm gone. Well, that'd be a great way to go. But there's things that I know that I can do that at least increase the chances that maybe uh, when time comes for me to go, that uh, there's some elements of pleasure in it and joy in it and not pain and heartache in the things we do today. If you continue to do the things you do today, how different would it, uh, is it going to make your future look really bright or really dark? That's a good question, isn't it? And if it's going to make your life in the future look dark, why don't you stop doing them today? You know, so can I uh, turn your attention to one more passage of scripture in Psalm one, verses one to three. Psalm one, the very first verses of one hundred and fifty chapters in Psalms, and we have this: Blessed is. Uh, we'll put it up there. Thanks, Jeff. Just this psalm, Psalm one, verses one to three. Blessed is the man. You can also say woman because it's. Uh, uh, both Blessed is the person who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, or whatever she does, or whatever they do, shall what? Prosper. Wonderful. What a great uh, first verses to open the Psalms with. And here's some thoughts. Verse 1 says, Blessed is the person who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, the word counsel means advice. It's saying, you know, blessed is the person who doesn't walk in the advice of the ungodly. Um, as I look at that, it, it, temptation always starts with some uh, advice that isn't good advice. It always starts with something is a, that is a suggestion. And you know what? It continually seeks uh, to get our heart to justify those thoughts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not so bad. I could do that. Or not just justify, but sometimes uh, to, to take that, uh, make it seem feasible. Oh, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I could do that. I could just, I could, I could do that and get away with it. You know, uh, I... I But you know, the reality is that's what what counsel does. And, And here's my first point this morning, is be aware of the counsel of your own mind. Just be aware of the counsel of your own. You know, I have to, to be honest, as much as I seek to love myself in the healthiest way, I've got to be aware that my mind can go places where I don't need it to go. And, I have to, and it wants to counsel my heart, and my heart doesn't need to receive that stuff. I need to stop it up here, uh, my mind. We need to be careful of the counsel of our own mind. The Holy Spirit,, it's, you know, the Holy Spirit, when we continue to live in His presence, the Holy Spirit is the convictor, and, it, and you'll, you know, you'll be thinking something or looking at something and thinking, the holy this thought comes along. You shouldn't be doing, thinking or looking at that. Where does that come from? Well, it comes because of our conscience. Who gives us our conscience? God. And the Holy Spirit speaks into that and says, stop it. You know, Job said, you know, God, I make a covenant with my eyes. I make a promise between you and me that I will not look upon anything that is wrong. What a great thought. Don't allow your mind to to counsel you in the wrong way. Um, You know, often I've discovered that sometimes I've said this. Oh, that is tempting me, or this is tempting me. That thing is getting. But you know what? It's not uh, nothing. That's not the cause of my temptation. Um, the real cause of temptation is not the television show you should turn off, folks. The real, the real. Uh, it's not the big. As I said the second, third, and fourth slice of cheesecake that you shouldn't eat. The temptation isn't the glossy advertising that you know makes you want to buy everything, or it's not the attitude that you uh, that you want that you need to hang on to that is the problem uh, often it's when we are drawn away by the counsel of our mind you think about it it's when we're drawn away by the counsel of our mind and it says this is feasible this is feasible because the truth is there's um the cheesecake is not evil is that true it's not evil You know, you know the woman's weakly and looking at all those wonderful things she can buy. That's not, e- that's not evil in itself. Now, there's some stuff that you don't need to go to. That, it is plain evil. But the reality is it's not your problem. Uh, the problem is that you're drawn away in your own thoughts. James says this, each one's tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So it's, it's, our, it's, it's the desires, it's the counsel of our mind that continues uh, to take wants to take control see temptation um, what is a temptation to someone is not a temptation to another person have you found that why is that because the thing itself is not evil but it's your focus or it's your mind has is counselling you that you get caught up with that because of what you think on. And we've got to be careful. Don't agree with the counsel sometimes of your own mind. I've discovered the devil doesn't come dressed in a red cape and, and pointy red horns, you know, folks. He comes as everything you desire for. The devil, uh, you know... It's, 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 it's what you immerse your thoughts in. The, be careful of the counsel. See, the scripture says, blessed is the person who he doesn't walk in the advice of the ungodly. I want to tell you, I'm ungodly. I've got to stop walking in my own advice sometimes, and I need to acknowledge that. And to become, here's my point, to become self-aware is a powerful thing. is is incredible, incredible uh, um, Maturity on your part, to become self-aware of where your mind is thinking and to cut it off. Because the problem often is that we're not self-aware and we just allow our mind to drift into those elements that are destructive for us. I tell you what, half the battle is won when you become self-aware of where your mind is. Temptations. Do you know... um, in verse 2, there it says, But this person's delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law or his word, he meditates day and night. Um, in Jesus' prayer, Matthew 6, verse 13, it says, um, Please, Lord, deliver me from the evil one. Do you know that the reality that that's even there in that prayer is a recognition that we will not totally escape temptation? Temptations are always there. You just, God wants you to get stronger. God always wants you to advance. You might say, Well, I've reached some elements of great ability, in my, and I just really am quite, you know, that's the biggest problem of all when our ego or pride take over because we set ourselves up for a fall. And you've got to realize that never trust that even your own, sometimes in your own heart. You've just got to get stronger than it. Be strong. God wants you go advance. He doesn't want to take you backwards. And you know what? I've discovered the test can turn into a wonderful testimony when we allow and, and, uh, and surrender our hearts to God. And so the psalmist says, the light is in the law of the Lord and his law he meditates day and night. Um, I love that thought because what it's declaring is it's saying, you know the best, it's saying, you know what? I'm going to put something else in my thinking more than any other thought that wants to invade that's negative and wrong. I want to meditate upon something that's full of light and truth. Do you know, we all know the best way to, turn, to get rid of darkness is just turn on the light, don't we? Don't fight it. Don't walk into a dark room. I'm going to stop this darkness as much. You know, darkness has got no power over light. So what you fill your mind with, when there's light in there, darkness has to flee. You can become stronger. The more light, the more strength. That's the reality of it, isn't it? You know, the best way to stop evil is just turn on the light. The psalmist says, I am, I keep delighting in truth so that I'll keep my mind in the right place. I action that day by day, day and night, keep thinking about it. So here's my second point. My first point was simply this, become, become totally self-aware of the counsel of your mind. Here's the second thought. Temptations are always there. You just got to let God make you stronger, make you stronger. Um, You know what I love about, there's a story, and I mentioned it Sunday night, um, on Sunday night, but there was a point I made on Sunday night, and it was just quick, and I want to emphasize it here this morning. There's a story of Peter, and the disciples are in the boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. A storm had erupted, and the waves, and the wind are happening. Just earlier that day, they'd been on the land, and they'd uh, helped Jesus feed the 5,000. Jesus had shoved them off from the boat. Um, they've gone across, and it, as I said, halfway across the lake. Jesus now had spent some time with his father, and at the third watch of the third hour of the night, which is between three and six o'clock in the morning, Jesus comes walking on the water. As he's some distance from the boat, Peter yells, Jesus, if that's really you, cause me to come to you on the water. And Jesus gives him one word come. Peter jumps out of the boat, he starts to walk on water. What an incredible, I would have loved to see that. I hope in heaven they've got this massive screen that replays all the incredible events in the New Testament. Wouldn't it be brilliant? I'd just love to see that. And so Peter's walking across the water. And then all of a sudden, he starts to sink. Now the reason he sinks, sinks sometimes is we say, well, he, he, he started to look at the wind and the waves. And that's true. And so uh, the real problem was the wind and the waves. The real problem that day for Peter was he started to sink because of the circumstances around him. I want to tell you the circumstances around you are never the real problem. The temptation is never the real problem. Do you know what was Peter's real problem? He got focused off the light, the source of Jesus, and focused on the circumstances around. As he was distracted, then he sank. Let me say this: when Peter gave focus, uh, to, um, what Peter gave focus to, he began to sink into. And what you give focus to, you'll begin to sink into. If it's God, you'll be enveloped and sink into God. If it's something else that wants to distract your life, you'll sink into that. What do you give focus to? What do you need to become? Give focus to the light. See, as soon as Peter, if Peter kept his eyes on Jesus that day, kept his focus on Jesus, he's the truth, he's the word, he's the life, he's the way, he's the hope, he's the future. I've got no doubt he would have walked right up to Jesus on the water and together they would have walked back to the boat on the water. But Peter, as he's walking, he gets distracted, he gets refocused, he starts to think about things that his counsel in his mind starts to say, you're going to drown, buddy, this, this is too much for you. And he starts to sink into that which he gave focus to. Church, stop, stop focusing on that which wants to destroy your life. Give focus, because that's what strengthens your life. That's what strengthens your life. Stop the darkness, just turn on the light. Put something in there better than anything the world can ever give. I was involved in a, um, in a, a group, I'm involved in a group that... Um, uh, since night chaplaincy finished, you might know for three years we run night chaplaincy for, um, with a group of other Christians from other churches on a Saturday night, Sunday morning, and we go out there and help people who are drunk and give water and see that kind of finished because all the men and women moved on from construction and But on a Thursday night, the city council and the, and the management team from the mall um, asked us to come and support them on a Thursday night because there were groups of young people gathering together in the car park at McDonald's in Alliance Park there and also ro- roaming through the mall. And uh, from October to February last year in the early this year, that's what we did. And then it stopped. Then it stopped. And so for the last eight months, it hasn't happened. And now, again, in October, in the last three weeks, all of a sudden a gathering of youth have come together again and they're kind of into mischief. And um, so I had a meeting this week with this whole this little committee again at the management um, office of the mall, uh, along with Red frogs, who are another chaplaincy kind of based ministry, which a great ministry. And uh, we talk, spoke to them, and what 's happened is is, of course, these youth have now finished their sporting activities, kind of school is kind of coming close to an end, and so they 're getting restless and they 're getting out there. And, and the other night mcdonald's um, two Thursdays ago, had to actually shut their front doors because there were 50 screaming youth having a punch-up out the front side of their McDonald's. So one of the things, I tell you all that to tell you this, is one of the things that we discovered, they would run into Lion's Park and hide in all the darkness. And you know what we discovered? is just go and hire some big massive lights and turn on some lights and they wouldn't go near Lion's Park. They can't go there now because it's being renovated. But it isn't it interesting, as soon as we turn on the lights, they scatter... And they don't do what they were going to do because they want to do what they do in darkness and, not, and they don't want the light. I want to tell you, you need to take your mind and turn on the light. Because I tell you, darkness will scatter. Turn on the thoughts. Oh, God, we need that so much. Here's the third third thing, verse three. It says, "He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in season, whose leaf shall not wither, and who, and whatever he does shall prosper." I love this thought. This is what God's purpose and plan is for us. He wants us to prosper. He wants our leaf not to wither. I mean, our outward bodies may get older and wrinkly and all the rest of it, but you know, our inner man can be renewed day by day. He brings forth. We're fruitful. In season and out of season, we're fruitful. We're planted by the rivers of water. Wouldn't that be his presence in our life? I think that's a great illustration of what God has and wants for us. Blessing and a hope and a future. He doesn't want us to live in hopelessness. He doesn't want us to live in elements of always oh, struggling just to get through life. You ever talk to some people, oh, how are you going? Oh, I'm just getting there. Or, Why don't you get over just getting there and get somewhere? Because God wants to give you life. And it's found in Him. And it's not based on your circumstances around you. It's based on the condition of your mind and heart. That's why praise is powerful. You think, oh, I don't want to praise. Well, that's fine. But do it anyway because it, it changes the condition. I wore my pink shirt this morning, okay? And I thought, no one wears pink. Some guys here detest it. You know what? I thought, you know what? God loves color and it represents the garments of praise. So I just thought I'd wear my pink shirt and get excited about God today. And I tell you, some of you need to change your garments. I am not fashionable, folks, because people in the city don't wear pink. They wear the grays and the blacks and all of that. So, you know, I noticed some of you guys are really... Look at this. Look at the front line up here. Black, gray, you know. Nothing wrong with black and gray. I I'm just may illustrate, you know, it's a condition of our heart that needs to be pink or bright, excited. Where are we up to? What were we talking about? This third verse. God wants to bring blessing. You know, I've discovered blessing follows right living. Trouble follows wrong living. Pretty simple formula. Blessing flows Uh, Flows from good decisions. Trouble follows bad decisions. Stop getting sick, get sick and tired of getting sick and tired. This is my third point. Keep on appreciating the advantages of always giving, never giving into temptation. Appreciate the advantages of never giving into it. Always appreciate the blessings that God has bestowed upon us. Um, Get sick and tired of having trouble. And start to be thankful uh, that he has given us a hope of the future, no matter what circumstances surround us. Um, because the circumstances will never change until sometimes we do. I've discovered. <laughs> until I changed my attitude. You know, as I was growing up in my marriage with me and Michelle in those early years, until I changed some of my attitudes, everything that I thought Michelle should change, It never changed until I did. Until I decided to change my attitude. Until I decided to change my ways. And isn't it amazing? An attitude change in my heart brings influence and love into other people's hearts. Get sick and tired of having trouble and start to appreciate when you... Don't give in to temptation. It provides such blessing. You become stronger in the area that you were once weak in. It becomes stronger. You know, I noticed at Woolworths that they have these non-lolly checkouts. Do you know what a non-lolly checkout is? It's a checkout where there's no lollies and they have a little sign there. This is a non something like this, non-lolly checkout. other words, you can go through there with your little two-year-old and they will not see any lollies in that checkout. And for some mums here today, that's an exciting thing because you don't have to deal with the child that's going, I want a lolly. But you may say, oh, well, you know, you should take them through the lolly checkouts because they need to learn self-control. Yeah, but I think don't give them temptation in the start. You know, I mean, it's up to you guys, whatever you want to train. If you want to stand there whipping your child, get don't you dare, <laughs> I'll let you do that. You know, but take them through the non-lolly checkout and they, you don't have to deal with maybe. Maybe your kids aren't like that. You're really good kids. Brilliant. I, right, That's fantastic. I'm just talking to all people like me. If you don't want to have trouble, stop walking through the lolly checkout. <laughs> That's a deep point right there. That's theology at its best. <laughs> How many mum, precious mums have I seen? I just thought, I just feel like picking them up and moving them one checkout over. Come over here. You know, you're emotionally stressed. You got a two, three, and four year old. They want to rip your eyes out, and because you won't give them a lolly, just move one over. You know, just train them. Anyway, um, give thought to how good it is. Not to go through the lolly checkout. Give thought to how good it is. Not to have trouble in your life. Continue to give thanks to God for all the good in your life. Start to give focus that 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 He wants to bless. Start to give appreciation for all His blessing on your life and fruitfulness. Start to continue to do that. Don't let the negatives of life get into your heart so much. You know what? If, if I've dis, I've discovered that sometimes if you just go and ask someone that you love. And appreciates you, and will do the best for you. Go and ask him. Have I lost my joy? You know, you might find the answer might be yes. Don't go to a person who doesn't know you, but someone because sometimes we can live with the smile, but inside the heart is shriveled because we've just lost something. And you know, it might not be because of you've given in to temptation. It's just because life weighs you down. And you know, um, come on, God says be thankful in all things. That's, a, that's a, can be a difficult one for people sometimes. But we got to just see the good and be thankful and appreciate that because every time you say no to temptation and overcome the enemy in your own flesh, you become stronger and then life becomes more enjoyable. Now, I know that sin is pleasurable for a season. It feeds the flesh. We all love that piece of uh, extra block of chocolate. We all love that. I mean, yeah. But you know what? Next week, it sticks out the side. hmm you think I was trying to get down to a wait for Christmas so that I could really mung out at Christmas and, you know, be. St- no, you know, it, 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 there's, a, there's a consequence, isn't there, for everything we do. So enjoy the joy of, um, of being able to say no to the stuff, enjoy the, the rewards of it. I, and I focused on that. and I said, thank you, God. I didn't give in to that. And so there's, a, there's blessing, there's a hope, and there's a future. I just thank you for that. I appreciate it. The person uh, God delights. um, The person. Just sorry. Just look at the verse. It says this. He delights. uh, He delights in God's ways. He becomes more important than any other activity. He walks in God's obedience to God's ways. Um, He experiences blessedness and fruitfulness and vibrancy and joy and peacefulness and hopefulness and prosperity. He enjoys all that. And you know, I think the person who's got that, who's, who's got this blessing on their life, and the leaf doesn't wither. Uh, and all the rest of it, has obviously come to an understanding and a conclusion that uh, there's no other way. I'm going to delight in that more than anything else. And you know what? I delight in the positive, and the negative doesn't have a say as much. It doesn't have a say when I continue to be thankful for what he's given, and because I've simply said no to something that wants to destroy my life, and I say yes to him. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. How about this morning we stand and... Uh, we close in a word of prayer. I want to pray for you this morning. I just want to pray. It's not my prayer. It's no more powerful than your prayer. Because ultimately, you've got to make it your prayer if you're ever going to see anything that would come that would bring change. But today, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for every person here. I, Father, I sincerely pray um, Um, some of the even the failures in my life that father today that you would strengthen them that other people would not go through them that father that we become totally self-aware of what our mind is counseling us to do and that father we would stop and say no we put up a roadblock to that lie and to that stuff that is not true and correct and as people of um, god we would stand strong in that father we would be people that realize temptation comes, but Lord, you want to make us stronger. And so we would focus and not you know, rely on the circumstances and say, if these circumstances didn't overtake me, I'd be a better person. No, if Father, but we'd realize it's where our focus is that makes us better people. And Father, our focus needs to be on light and on you, Lord Jesus. So I pray for strength. Holy Spirit, continue to convict us and show us the truth because that's good for us to live in your truth. And Father, also, we just pray that you help us to continue to appreciate the advantages of living in your love and your truth and your light. The advantages of knowing your blessing and fruitfulness every day of our lives upon us, upon children, upon our families. And so we commit ourselves to you today. And Father, we ask for your strength in the midst of our lives. Lord, as it says, as Jesus prayed that, showed the disciples that prayer, he says, Lead us not in temptation. In other words, Father, we need your strength. We surrender to you today and receive you as our Lord and Savior, if that's the case for you today. And I wonder if we could close our eyes this morning. And I wonder if there's people here today that have never actually said yes to Jesus.